Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Benji Kelly and New Hope Church. We are thrilled you have joined us for this week's podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Woo! Hey, New Hope Church, how in the world are you today? I hope you're doing great. I have really and truly missed this experience right here. Uh, don't get me wrong, we've had an amazing couple of months. And uh, how about At The Movies? Did you guys enjoy the series, At The Movies? I want to give it up for the productions team. Come on, keep it going for them. How about the Journeys of Paul? Journeys of Paul. We have some of the most amazing productions team members on the planet right here at New Hope Church. And it's been great, but I have just really and truly missed this weekly time with you. Here's what I realized I also missed. Um, I realized that preaching at its best is pastoring from the platform. So I have really missed being able to pastor you and uh, teach you week in and week out. So I'm very, very excited to get back to that. I'm also uh, excited to welcome all of the campuses. I haven't said this in a long time, but I want you to give it up at the end. I want to welcome all of the campuses in the movement. I'm talking about the Garner campus. I'm talking about the Sanford campus. I'm talking about North Raleigh, Columbia, Internet campus, Kenya campus, the Central Durham campus, and last but not least, our 10th campus. I'm talking about Hillsboro, North Carolina. Come on, New Hope. Welcome all of the campuses Woo! throughout the movement. And uh, I just want to just give an announcement out there. This is primarily for those of you living in and around Durham or Mebane or Hillsboro or Graham or Eflin, all those areas. Listen, if you are remotely interested in being a pioneer and going out and helping us start our 10th campus, Hillsboro is having their very first worship celebration on Christmas Eve this year. And then they're launching the campus uh, with the grand opening on Sunday, January 31st, which is our 14th Vision Day. So if you're here and you're anywhere like, you know, you're just remotely interested, here's what I would say. Go. Go. We release you to go and be a pioneer in that particular campus. Hey, let's pray together before we get into the Word today. Father, would you, would you speak to us today? God, we're not here to play church. We're not here to play games. We're not here to entertain man. We're not here to try to please man. We're not here to do anything other than to worship you, hear your word, and honor you, and have you speak to us. So, Lord Jesus, take our minds and think through them today, our hearts, and fill with them. Take my lips, Lord God, please, and speak through them today. For if you do not speak, then absolutely nothing of significance will have been spoken. In Jesus' name we pray. And the people of God said together, Amen. Amen. Hey, so welcome to our Christmas series. It's titled, A Thrill of Hope. Say it with me, A Thrill of Hope. Today, I've actually named this particular message, the first installment of A Thrill of Hope, I have named it, We Need a Christmas. We need a Christmas. Come on, everybody just say that with me. We need a Christmas. One more time. We need a Christmas. Now, notice I didn't say we need more Christmas parties. 
Notice I didn't say we need more Christmas shopping. Oh, God, help us. I just came from the mall. God, help me. I pray it's the last time I go back this season. I didn't say we need more Christmas decorating. I didn't say we need more families coming over for Christmas. Even as I'm talking to you, my in-laws are in town. And I love them very much. But notice I didn't say we need more families coming to town. I didn't say we need more Christmas food. Mm. And I love me some Christmas food. I didn't even say we need more Christmas church. What I said was we need a Christmas. Now, I don't mean to start off on a negative note. I, I really don't. But I'm a realist. And I live in the very same world that you are living in day in and day out. And these are difficult days in which we are living right here and right now. And as I've been watching the events of our country and the events of our world unfold before us, I've had this deep, painful groaning inside of me. Many days it's too deep for me even to put words to. And like the Apostle Paul, all I can really moan and groan is Abba Father. But there have been other times along the way when I've been able to just muster some words, a few words. And here's the thing that's been welling up in my spirit lately. I need a Christmas. We need a Christmas. Come on, let's just, let's just keep it real for just a moment. In the last few weeks alone. And again, I don't mean to start off on a negative note. But if my preaching is not real and gritty, then it is nothing. In the last few weeks alone, we've seen mass murdering in Paris, France, and San Bernardino, California. Racial tensions in America seem to be escalating between blacks and whites at an unprecedented rate. The political season has brought about renewed dialogue and tension over securing our borders and illegal immigration. Political candidates are doing, well, what political candidates do. They're biting at one another and they're bickering at each other and they're doing everything that they possibly can to get the upper hand and hopefully secure their employment as a servant of the people. Now fresh on the scene, the increasing fear of Muslims with one leading political candidate recently declaring that absolutely no Muslims shall be allowed to enter our country until we figure this out. And on top of that, come on, come on, you have your stuff. And I have my stuff and the family baggage that we have and the dysfunctions that we have and our own insecurities and our own sins. Come on, the sins that bombard us and keep us from reaching our full potential. Do you see why I've decided to name this message, We Need a Christmas? We need a Christmas. I shared with you earlier that the name of the series that the Lord has led us to is this series titled A Thrill of Hope. Does anybody recognize that phrase? A Thrill of Hope. We'll be singing that song throughout this series. But it's the song, it's my favorite Christmas song of all time. Oh, Holy Night. 
Here's just a few of the lyrics that might ring a bell to you. Long lay the world in sin and air pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. I love this next part. Fall on your knees. Oh, hear the angel voices. Oh, night divine. When was it, church? When Christ was born. Oh, Night, O oh, night divine. We need a Christmas. And the good news is that is exactly what God has provided for us. And I'm not just talking about 2,000 years ago. I'm talking about that is what he has provided for us at this particular time during this season in our history. Christmas. In my remaining time today, I just want to talk to you ever so briefly today about three Things that I believe will enable us to experience this Christmas that I believe we so desperately need. If you're a note taker, write this down. Here's the first one. Take comfort. God works while we wait. Amen. Take comfort. God does what, church? God works while we wait. Now, that is really good news. Show of hands here. How many of you love to wait for things? It's terrible. It's painful. But God tells us in his word that God works while we... Wait, get, get, get a picture of this. God actually works while we sleep. Show, show of hands. How many of, you, how many of you like to sleep? How many of you sleep anywhere between four and six hours a night? Raise your hand. Four and six hours. Okay. How many of you sleep anywhere between six and eight hours? How many of you are like... Eight plus hour people. You 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 like all the campus. Just raise your hand. Yeah, you, you folks love to sleep. You just sleep while the rest of us work. Well, check this out. <laughs> just kidding. But the Bible says God works. You know, you know, there's this there's this animal that uh, sleeps very little. I'm talking about the giraffe. Did you know that the giraffe is the animal that God has created? That requires the least amount of sleep. Did you know this? This is a good trivia question. I didn't know this. Giraffes sleep on average 1.9 hours a day. 1.9 hours. The sleepy ones, like those of you who sleep 10 plus hours, they might sleep three hours a day. If this is what you this is this is what you look like if you if you don't see see. <laughs> that, that's that's what you look like if you sleep 1.9 hours a day. <laughs> but did you know that God works even while you sleep? Look at what Psalm 121 says, verse 3. Psalm 121, verse 3. Ready? Go. He who keeps you will not... Out loud, really loud, one more time. Ready? Go. He who keeps you will not slumber. While we wait, God works. Let's just go and read the whole psalm together. The whole psalm. Psalm 121. It's going to be on the screens for you. Ready? Go. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. From where does my help come from? 
Let's continue. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and of earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Come on, church. Isn't it good that God keeps us and protects us and cares for us and watches over us and does not slumber? He is a God who is always working on our behalf. I stumbled upon this little verse this week when I was studying for this message. I've read it several times before, but I've never read it in the context of Christmas. I'm talking about Isaiah 64, 4. I want us to read this out loud. Here we go. Since ancient times, no one has heard, nor ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of those who... Those who what? Those who wait on him. Church, Advent is a season of waiting. I don't know if you're familiar with that word, but Advent basically means arrival. It is a liturgical word that has been in the church for thousands of years. It is a word that captures and celebrates this season that leads up to Christmas as we are waiting on God. And at just the right time, Galatians 4, 4 and 5 says this. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive, what is it? Adoption as sons and daughters. We're going to sing that song toward the end. And so I've put a clock up here today for us as a prop to just give you a visual and remind you that waiting, though none of us really enjoy waiting, the message of Christmas is that God works in our waiting. That we actually learn to wait. And those of us at the Durham campus, we've been getting a good dose of this lately. And I know all the other campuses have heard, we are simply waiting. We're waiting on the building to get finished. We're longing, we're eager to get back in the building. And all we can do is wait. And they'll come a CO and we'll move back in. And you've heard probably we're going to be at the central campus this Sunday, December 20th. I know the rest of you are going to be at your campuses. But the Durham campus is moving from the theaters. And we're moving right back to the central campus building. And here's what we've been doing. And here's what we're going to keep doing. We're just going to wait. We're going to wait. But we're going to be reminded that God is working in the midst of our waiting. Can I get an amen? Here's the second thing. Number two, take comfort. There is hope in the manger. 
take comfort. There is hope in the manger. The manger scene of God bringing forth Jesus Christ incarnation reminds us that there is still hope in this world. Romans 8.28 says this, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, those who have been called according to his purpose. Now that's a good place for an amen. Everybody say, my good. Everybody say, his purposes. From the top again, my good. His purposes. Your good, oh God. Your good, your purposes will be found not under the Christmas tree this year. Your good and his purposes will not be found in an additional drink at that Christmas party. Your good and his purposes will not be found on a dating website. And don't get me wrong, I don't have anything wrong, have anything against dating websites. But your good, his purposes will not be found in having a child. Nothing wrong with having a child, but you won't find his purposes there. You won't find ultimate fulfillment in that. Your good and his purposes are found only in the Christ child of the manger. Where God sent forth his best for my worst. To save me and redeem me as one under the law, the old covenant now saved by the new covenant of grace. The manger. In the midst of a busy Christmas season. Can I just encourage you to find time. Find space. Whatever it takes. Get up early. Stay up late. Whatever it takes. To slow down enough. And bask at a manger scene. Where God sent his one and only son to die for you. That you might be redeemed from the law and saved by grace and grace alone. I've been told that in Europe during the World War II, families sought refuge from shelling. Listen to this. In unfilled open graves and cemeteries. And in these graves, women would often give birth. And as awful as it seems to give birth to a child in the midst of an open grave or a cemetery, rumor had it that word would spread throughout the cemeteries and people would yell out, A child is born! And for just a brief moment in history, hope was mended in dire situations. Come on, somebody. On a far grander scale that is exactly what God has done for us when he gave us his child Jesus and we're able to declare to the world a child is born amen here's the third thing take comfort in the quiet way of trust and peace take comfort in the quiet way of trust and peace not long ago, we were in our kitchen, and we have an island in our kitchen, and that's where we normally put the food after it's cooked. And 
We, we all kind of descend upon the island to fix our plates. And I look across the island, and there's one of my children. I'm not going to give his name because he asked me not to, so I'm going to actually respect that. He, I look across the island, and we're all carrying on conversation, fixing our plates for, for dinner, and here, here he is. So, so I, look, I look at him, and, and I say, bro, that's, I mean, that's what we say, that's how we talk in my family. I said, bro, what are you doing? And he couldn't even hear me, so he keeps fixing his plate. So finally, I, I tap him on his shoulder, and I said, bro, what are you doing? And he, he went, huh? I said, what are you doing? He goes, dad, I'm wearing this because this family is just so loud. He had found these noise cancellation headphones, and he was serious. I mean, it wasn't a joke, and you know, you know what I said immediately? I said, I get it, son, because we have a loud family. We have, we, have, we have a loud family, a big family, and, and it was his way of just saying, I need some solitude. I need some quiet. Anybody ever feel that way? Anybody ever feel like the world is just getting too noisy? Everything and everyone is clamoring for your attention. Listen to me, church. Spiritual maturity means that we learn how to block out the noise and dial into the quiet way of trust. We kind of Put headphones, if you will, noise-canceling devices on to drown out the noisiness of the world and dial in to the solitude of God and dial in to what Christmas is all about. Isaiah 30. Why don't you just let this verse settle into your spirit as we wrap up today. The Bible says this. In quietness and trust is your strength. But you would have none of it. Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. He will rise up to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Here it is again. The message kind of goes full circle. Blessed are all who what? Who wait for him. In quietness and trust is your strength. The prophet Isaiah was teaching us a long time ago what my son was deeply desiring at a very young age. Quietness. Noise cancellation. Trust. sounds like Psalm 4610, does it not? Be still and know that I am God. Say that with me. Be still and know that I am God. One more time. Be still and know that I am God. We need a Christmas. And the way I think we discover Christmas is we take comfort and the fact that God works while we wait. What are you waiting for? Maybe it's so tender to you, only God knows about it. God's 
working in the midst of your waiting. He works even while you sleep and slumber. God is at work. Take comfort. Find hope in the manger scene this Christmas season. I don't know what it is. I can't fully explain it. But even when I look at the world and it appears as if the world is going to hell in a breadbasket. If I will humble myself and bow a knee or a heart, even if it's just spiritually, and bask at the child who was born for my salvation, for my freedom, I get great comfort. And then do whatever you can do. Do do whatever you have to do to go the quiet way of trust. Several years ago, from this very stage, I had the staff team. We were doing a, a staff leadership lesson, and I had the staff team up here, and I put a chair right here, and I had the staff members who were courageous enough to do it. Some of you are remembering it in the moment. I had the staff members who were courageous enough to do it, to do what's called the trust fall. You know, trust, if you've ever been in student ministries, you've seen this many, many times. The trust fall is you put your hands like this across your chest and you, you get to an edge. For us, we just did a big chair, one of those high chairs, and we got them up here. And you just simply turn around and you trust people enough to fall back. And the scariest moment is the moment when you've got to decide, am I going to actually trust or not? Listen to me, church. That is the message of Christmas. That our God is trustworthy. When you are hurting, God wants you to trust that he can bring healing. God wants you to trust that he can heal your relationships. When you have problems, God wants you to trust that he is bigger than your problems. God wants you to trust that he is bigger than any situation you're up against. God is trustworthy. When Sir Walter Raleigh, I'll end with this today. When Sir Walter Raleigh, the famed explorer, was on the scaffold awaiting imminent death, he is said to have had a short talk with the axeman. The executioner told his prisoner that the block would be more comfortable. If he turned his head the other way, Sir Walter Raleigh said, My friend, it matters little how the head lies, so long as the heart is right. Where's your heart today? Do you need a Christmas? Do you need to experience the comfort of Advent? Do you need to embrace the waiting season, whatever you're in, beloved, that's Advent? Do you need to bask at a manger scene and remember afresh and anew, that's how much God loves you? And do you need to change your schedule, whatever it takes, to block out some of the noise and tap into His Still, small voice who wants to encourage you and love you and give you another 
Christmas. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, just stop by one of our campuses anytime or visit us online at newhopechurch.org. If you have any prayer requests, please send those to prayers at newhopenc.org and our pastors and staff will stand with you in prayer. Thanks for being a part of our church family and we hope you'll join us next week.